Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 5 degrees in Edmonton, 2 degrees in Calgary, minus 1 degree in Saskatoon, and minus 2 degrees in Toronto. Thanks, Evie. Hey, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. If you'd like to come and be a part of the live show, just download that app, Podbean, search up the show, follow. You'll get notified at 6 a.m. when we're live. And then you can come in and you can ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free every morning, free coaching. Take advantage of it. If you are not able to get out that early in the morning, you know, life does happen, jobs and such and kids. Uh, you can always listen to all the shows on iTunes and Spotify. Just go ahead over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review if you got a second. It goes a long way. Yes, please do. Good morning, everyone. Actually, um, I saw some really nice reviews lately. I was going to pull those up, but I, didn't, I don't even have it ready. Oh, what an <laughs> absolute amateur. Um, what did you say the weather was for today? Uh, minus five. That's not too bad. No, one one more day of minus six, and then I think it's one degree here, finally. Finally, finally. Yeah, I wanted to share some of the nice reviews that we got on uh, on iTunes uh, recently. Um, there was just one this week that says, uh, very informative. I've been listening to this live podcast for almost two months now, every day. I was hooked from the first episode I heard. There's so much information, and there's the possibility of calling in or asking. <clears throat> Pardon me, asking or calling in and uh, talk directly to the hosts, which is, you know, not many podcasts allow that, mm-hmm. that live experience. Um, and there's one other one here. Um, the show you never knew you needed. Uh, need a kick in the ass? This is the show for you. Some real talk between husband and wife duo, Wayne and Gabby. They keep it realistic with personal stories and actual tips. Based out of Alberta, the show highlights the process needed to get into real estate investing. Thank you guys so much for those nice comments. Yeah, nice. Thank you. That was really nice. That's awesome. So people are actually actually leaving reviews for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank um, you. We appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Like we are always like saying, hey, get up early and come to the live show. But um, I know that we have many, many, many listeners that uh, listen to the recorded uh, uh, episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, in order for other people to find it, you we need subscribers and ratings. It's terrible. I don't like asking for it, but. Makes a huge difference for us. It makes a huge difference. Like when people are searching up real estate investing, you know, are we seen or are we not? Now we've got an, we've been doing live, like we've been doing daily shows for over two years and the podcast has been around for almost four, three or four years. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> four. Um, four years. It's been around for a while. So like we, we naturally, you know, we, we, we land really high on the on the rankings, but um, if we're not getting new subscribers, apparently iTunes thinks that it's unpopular. <laughs> so it's it is what it is. But 
Uh, speaking of live, uh, who's joining us live today? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have JD with his first and uh, apologizes for sleeping in yesterday. Yeah, that dang time change really messed mm. with a lot of people. Uh, we have uh, good morning to Eric and Don. Good morning to Paul and Elray, Listina. Good morning, Scotty P. Good morning, Listina. I already said that. Good morning, Tammy. We have uh, Glenn here. Good morning, Alan, Matt, Jagger. Good morning, Chaston and Mitch. I got to meet Mitch on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Good morning to Steph. I got to meet Steph on Saturday. I didn't. Wah, wah. Steph was at the Junos last night. I saw. And she's an Alexis on Fire fan. No idea. <laughs> Had no idea. Why would you? <laughs> I it mean, just, you just met her for the first time. <laughs> I just don't meet many f- fans of Alexis on Fire. Ooh, are you are them fighting words? No, I'm from St. Catharines. Oh, okay. I like, see where you're going like, with this. No, I'm just saying. It's just like <laughs> you don't. I just had, that's a that's something I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> okay, okay. And okay. I was also shocked to hear that. Yeah. Anyways, before I find anyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good morning to Philip. We have Philip here this morning, and uh, Garrett, who says sorry he's late. He was laughing at his own dad jokes. <laughs> Is that the dad joke? <laughs> That's the joke. Do you get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Good morning to Denis and Cody. Uh, we have a jumbled name here. Somebody needs to update their profile, but good morning to you, Sigursadisix. <laughs> good morning to Justin and Sean. Ah, people are people are actually pouring in. It's good. Lovely. Uh, Glenn says, uh, I was with her. Glenn was with her. And also a huge fan. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a blast from the past for me too. And Garrett says pulmonary archery was one of the first songs I learned to play drums on. Yeah. I'm guessing that's Alexis on fire. Yeah, yeah, you betcha. Okay. okay, a lot of Alexis on fire fans. Awesome. I don't have any Alexis on fire <laughs> song clips. Good morning, Nat. And Glenn can play it on his guitar. Okay. Wow. Let's get the band together. <laughs> wow. And this. Sheila just popped in. Good morning, Sheila. She's like, who's on fire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Courtney. Good morning, Courtney. Running with scissors. <laughs> it's an inside joke for two people. Okay. It's an inside joke with, for two people. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I'm surprised I was able to come up with that one so early. Uh, time change. Did time change? Yeah. Er- mornings are feeling earlier. Yeah. This morning was, I think this morning was harder for me to get up than yesterday morning was. I don't know why, but um, maybe because yesterday I was expecting it. I was like, oh, tomorrow morning's going to suck. And then I just like popped out of bed. Mm. Um, I was still tired. Like yesterday was pretty rough, but um, today was really hard to get out of bed. That snooze, ignored the dogs whining. Yeah. Um, so topics? Guys, gals, listeners, 
topics. Any questions <laughs> you guys have about real estate investing, feel free to call in or put it in the comments. What we could potentially talk about today. <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to make a decision. Uh, what I'd like to talk about today is kind of maybe extend on uh, yesterday's discussion about, you know, spring maintenance and checking on your properties. And um, I, it reminded me about um, how we checked on one property and it was an absolute disaster. And which kind of in a long way uh, made me think about a, a certain tenant uh, that we had to evict. So what I'd like to talk about today is tenant stories. And here's what you guys are going to do. I want to hear about your bad tenant stories. Okay. Ooh. So if you've had a bad tenant story, put it in the comments and we're going to read it. And we're going to fill a whole hour on scaring people out of real estate investing. <laughs> I was going to say it's pretty negative, negative yeah. show. And I'm going to title today's episode, Before You Start Investing in Real Estate, Listen to This. <laughs> and then don't. Let's see how many people we can scare away from real estate investing. <laughs> Sound um, good? We, we have a few. What? Probably, we have a few stories to get started. Well, I want to talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share one today, and then you guys are going to fill the rest. And if you don't give me any bad tenant stories, or you don't give me any questions, I'm going to leave. Oh, okay. So no stories, show ends. Yes. Okay. You hear that? That's not a threat. That's a promise. Ooh. Okay. Mm. So we're going to take a quick little commercial break. <laughs> And we'll be right back with Bad Tenant Stories. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right, no sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash-flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash albertabuyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. New to real estate? Stuck? Maybe you need quick cash. Wholesaling is a strategy that can fit almost any investor, but it has to be done right. Hi, I'm real estate lawyer Barry McGuire, and I'm here to help. Join me in Calgary on March 18th for a full day deep dive into wholesaling. Space is limited, so reach out to Wayne and Gabby right away for their special offer. So, we are back. So after today... We're going to scare you away from real estate investing so much. You're going to never want to own a property. And if you want to stay in real estate, you want to make some money, but you don't want to own properties, wholesaling is what you need. <laughs> okay, okay. Wholesaling <laughs> is the strategy where you lock up properties for a really good price and you sell them to someone else at wholesale prices in exchange for an assignment fee. Sometimes you can make anywhere from 5000 to 
$50,000, depending on how good the deal is. The, uh, <laughs> sorry, it, it is, it is really good. Like if you don't want to own real estate and you don't want to deal with tenants, wholesaling is a really great idea. It's, um, if you're really good at finding deals and locking them up, all you got to do is just find someone else who's looking for that type of deal and they'll buy it off you mm -hmm. and you never have to transact on the property. So that uh, special offer that Barry was talking about is coupon code REI masters for 30% off. Could be 35. I can't recall. Anyways, it's a it's good, good deal. It's like 500 <laughs> bucks off. And um, that's this weekend. That's this weekend. Yeah. Um, you taking off on Friday. Taking off on Friday. Um, starts bright and early, 8 o'clock on Saturday and goes till 5. And But you know, like Q&A normally goes significantly longer. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and then down to the, to the lounge afterwards, the bar. Where Wayne's buying all, all the REI Master Codes drinks. Do you that doesn't some? make sense. <laughs> People are like, what? Yeah. Anybody who used. Apparently Gab's been in the bottle this morning. <laughs> Anybody who used the code REI Masters to get into the, the wholesale course this weekend. Wayne's buying you uh, your your towel, your drinks. He's that's covering the your real, That's the real special <laughs> offer. That is. Yeah. So anyone who used REI Masters as their coupon code, you just reach out to me and I will buy your drinks that night. Glenn says, I did. Woo. Jagger, Glenn... Jagger says all the drinks. Yeah, yeah. Glenn, I'm pretty sure Glenn joined Masters. Or did he? Was that separate? Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Drink, drinks. <laughs> drinks, drinks, drinks. Drink up. Shot, shot, shots. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we have any bad tenant stories? We have a few. Okay, so that's our topic. No, do you said we do. Do yeah. we have any in the comments? Oh, in the comments? No. Because I'm only sharing one. Yeah, guys. None of y'all have had a bad tenant story? Never had a bad tenant story? <laughs> Goodness. Show's gosh. over after our story. If y'all don't bring it. Okay. Unless there's some people frantically trying to like thumb type their entire crazy story. Yeah, that's true. And then they're and then they go to hit send and it's like, your message is too big. And you're like, oh god dang it. And you're at a red light and you're like, oh, this is not safe at all. Yeah. Pull don't, over. don't be unsafe. Please pull over and and type your stories out. Um, so I want, do you remember, uh, do you remember Jacob? I do. Jacob's the one that always kind of gets forgotten. Yeah. Um, except that it was probably, well, oh gosh. I remember how I felt because um, during like when shit was really going down, you were in Newfoundland at ball hockey mm. playoffs or something. You guys went to like, you went to the East Coast for ball hockey. No. And I, you were gone. No. Mm. Yeah. Because I was watching your guys' live streams, sitting on the couch. I know exactly where I was. Was I at Nationals? Yes, you were at Nationals. Not bragging or anything. <laughs> And, um, and I had, I had to deal with, um, a lot of the chaos and it did not feel good. There was, I was the one that went in. I, I, wow. It's kind of, it's kind of a blur to be yeah, honest. It is. It is connecting kind of, all the dots. Connect, yeah. I, it is kind of a blur. Um, yeah, 
I, I remember going in there. I remember doing the move out inspection. I remember when their mom called us. Uh, and I remember, um, I remember a lot of pieces, but it's, it's, it's funny. Like <clears throat> when I always found it funny when, uh, early on, I used to do this and obviously don't do this. I don't do this anymore because it's rude, but I used to, you know, introduce myself at networking events and just be like, so how many properties do you own? <laughs> Which is so incredibly rude. Uh, but I remember when I used to do that and people would be like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, cl close, close to close to 12. I'm like, or they'd say something like very vague or, you know what I mean? Just to kind of make it seem like they have more rather than saying exactly how many they have or like, Oh, I've got over 10. Like, what do you mean you got over 10? You got 11, you got 12, you got 13. Come give me like, and then sometimes like it, people would say things like, Oh yeah, it's, it's my, it's my one in, in mill woods. I can't remember what the address is. I'm like, frig off. Like, you know, exactly what you only, you only got six properties, you know, the address, right? But people would always speak very vague in that way. And like they, they don't remember the their tenant's name or they don't remember the address or they don't remember how many properties they have. And um but now I don't remember addresses. <laughs> I I was about to say, where are you going with this? Because I was literally asked on Saturday how many properties I have, and I legit did not know. <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, because we have another business as well. I was like, so, are you saying so that's we bullshit? do rent to owns and we do financing and stuff like that? So we got so many different properties, it's hard to keep up. Um, and we do buy and sell them all the time. And I can't keep up on addresses either. Mm -hmm. I thought I, I, I thought early on that I'd be able to remember every address, but I don't, and I don't remember every. And I'm like, oh, I would never forget this tenant, but I do, because yeah. after a while, it's just a blur. Yeah. But anyways, um, and who asked you how many properties you had? <laughs> Somebody who was was brand new to the community uh, and didn't okay, know who we slide. were. They just found our event. I'll let it slide. <laughs> it's an incredibly rude question that needs to be eliminated. Yes, it does. Because you know what it does at networking events? It's what people are doing is they're sizing you up or you're sizing them up and it's incredibly rude. So don't think about it like, you know, trying to like hide how many properties you have. Think about it in a like this way. When when you ask someone how many properties they have and they say three, you're like, hmm, you only got three. You're not a big player. And then when someone says, oh, I've got 20, you're like, oh, oh, how, how long have you been doing it? You know what I mean? See that right there? Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you're you're comparing yourself to others and you're sizing them up to determine whether you're better than them. And I hate it. And that's a big reason why people lie about how many properties they have, why they're not truthful and why they give these vague answers because they're trying to seem better. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge competition and it doesn't matter how many fucking properties you have. No. It doesn't. As long as you are on your way to your goals or you're happy, it does not matter, mm -hmm. but people, they use that just to make themselves feel better. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And lying about how many properties you have to make it look better so that you can get somebody to invest with you is just pure evil. Mm -hmm. Don't be a fuck face. Oh, <gasps> sorry. Okay. There, I said it. I, I didn't have the bleep already. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. And <laughs> I, you know what I find that it, it that that's that's a whole can of worms right there because it discourages people too. Yeah, 
makes people want like feel like oh why is that person he's so much farther she's so much farther ahead than i am yeah and they start making bad decisions for their business to, because because it's, it, it becomes a competition which yeah. is not a competition you should figure out how many properties do you need not how many properties do you need how much cash flow do you need in order to live the life that you want and if you can do it with less properties than the other person that's fantastic mm -hmm. it's not a competition of how many properties you can get anyways um way 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 off topic yeah um, but I remember that the, what I was saying was that I, I always said it like, oh, I'd never forget the addresses, but I don't, I don't remember. And I don't remember the tenants. So anyways, I got pieces of what's going on, um, with this tenant. And so it all started, um, we were at a Christmas, um, thing for my work or they had, uh, they had Santa Claus, um, and he was giving away gifts for the kids, kids, kids Christmas party, kids Christmas party, yeah. something like that. You remember it? Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I, it's, it's funny how I remember little moments like this because I remember where it all started uh, with this terrible tenant. Um, and I was trying to figure out how I ever let that tenant in. We were having trouble trying to fill that suite. And so we put a, um, a for rent sign in the window. Yeah. Which it's some people still do. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it can work in different situations. But, um, also, Wayne, I don't know if you remember, but it, I think it was also winter. I think that's why we were having trouble. Yeah, it was around Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, so, you know, that's a hard time to fill vacancies regardless. And then, um, and yeah, so like we, we were struggling. And yeah, not many people still put up actual physical for rent signs, but it does work for people. Sorry, and I'm digressing a little bit, but it's an interesting little topic. But people find it works for um, people who are looking to move within their own neighborhood. So if there's a renter and they need a bigger place or a smaller place or whatever it is, they need to move out of their place, um, but they don't want to uproot their kids from their school and all that sort of stuff. Um, that can be a really good way to catch people who want to stay within the neighborhood. And people who want to stay within the neighborhood are really good because you know they're probably going to stay a little bit longer than somebody else who doesn't care where they live. They'll move wherever. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I There's a couple good comments I wish you would have said while I was talking earlier about um, about properties. Now I'm way off topic again. Uh -oh. But Jagger said, I have zero properties if it makes anyone feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jagger. Just getting started, buddy. <laughs> and Don, uh, Don said, it's not an indicator of experience either because people do a lot of transactions that may not be held. Do you actually know that yeah. um, we we get criticized a lot? Yeah. Like people are like, oh, yeah, uh, well, I was thinking about joining your master's program, but um, this person over here has 100 properties. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> if yeah. you say so. But what you just did right there is you insulted me. Yeah. You insulted me. They have no idea what the the rest of our business, but what people do is they, 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 um, they, they criticize or they, they judge someone by the amount of properties they have. Yeah. And they assume that because someone has a hundred properties that they're smart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did anyone look and see how much of a percentage of ownership they had on those properties? Mm-hmm. Did they buy them all in, in the 2000s when property prices doubled and you can still assume mortgages with no qualifications on properties that had 
95% loan to value, but they were amortized over 40 years. Just saying. Yep. Just saying. Don't be fooled. Um, okay, back on topic. That's 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 a that's a trigger. That's that topic is a trigger for me. Because I've had so many people that have coached that have quit because of dumb shit like that. My conversion rate for first my success can okay. Now I gotta definitely go into this. <laughs> my success rate for coaching is very low. You want some more honesty? My success rate for coaching is extremely low. Because most people have ambition, they've got drive, but they don't have tenacity. And the second they, they, you know, someone criticizes them or they start comparing themselves to others, they feel like they're not winning or they're not keeping up and they quit. And that's why, the, the, that's why this stuff pisses me off is because it's dumb little stuff like this where people, they, they start comparing themselves to others yeah. because people are making comments and that's why they quit. Now, that's not pissing me off because the people that I was coaching quit and they left. It's pissing me off is because I knew what those people had, what they were capable of, what they were capable of and what their dreams were. And they were fucking crushed over something so dumb. People's comments. Yeah. There's a couple people in the community, some old timers who will see new people come in and like trying to like gain traction and like do their stuff and they'll be posting stuff and they'll like take them down, a take them down. Like they'll tear apart a post about something that they think should be done a different way or something. And that is detrimental to somebody's like, you know, to their confidence when they're trying to come when out of their they're shell. trying to come out of their shell, they're trying to establish, you know, themselves, they're trying to, and there's there like, I can think of like, two people for sure that do it consistently that are just such dirt bags mm -hmm. that it's just like, yeah, like these people could be making like this beautiful lives for themselves. And that shit yeah. makes them stop. Well, it's I mean, in, in other words, what they're doing is, is what they're saying is, you know, who do you think you are? Yeah. You've only got three properties. Yeah. To make themselves feel better. They're, that's what they're doing. Well, wait until you have 20 years of experience. You'll do things differently then. Success leaves clues. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck right off I think that's what we're going to talk about today <laughs> fucking douchebags it's like I said I'm not worried about my reputation I'm worried about the fact that like I I, I know that those people were they had something that meant yeah. they, it meant something to them I, I, I really want to build this nonprofit. I really want to do this and help other people. I really want to, I want to be the type of dad that doesn't fuck around like my dad did and not leave me anything. I want my kids to have opportunities. And this is the kind of stuff that I hear, right? Yeah. I want to have, you know, a, a separate guest house on the property for my parents to live because I want them to be around and I want to take care of them like they took care of me. And then when they disappear and, and they're not in the community anymore and they quit, I'm like, fuck shit what happened and nine times out of ten is something like this yep. where they were they, they didn't feel like they were moving fast enough and other people were were criticizing them mm -hmm. comparison is the thief of joy one thousand percent that statement couldn't be any more true um and like people need to realize that everybody's on their own journeys mm -hmm. 
And I know that like a lot of people, you know, self-proclaim themselves as competitive and that, you know, that's I'm competitive. I'm competing nature. with all you guys. You just don't know it in my head. I'm, I'm yeah. And, and that's, that's fine. <laughs> I think it's healthy for, for some if people. You, if you're you, if you're using it properly, yeah. if you're using it to tear yourself down and tell yourself that you're worthless, then yeah, not going to get very far. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> Still, um, we only I only see one small tenant story in here in the comments, but okay. but look at me doing my best to fill an hour. <laughs> um, okay, so this tenant, yeah, we were at a Christmas uh, little get together thing with work. They had a Santa, and they were giving out presents and stuff like that. All the employees there. Have you ever been to one of those things, Kim? No. No. You quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, they they do they do it for the kids, and uh, and I got a phone call from because we put that for rent uh, sign up in the window, and uh, the person said, "Hey, I'm calling about your for rent sign in in this neighborhood." And I said, "Yeah, sure. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself." She goes, "Well, it's not for me. It's for my kids. Um, it's for my uh, my son and my my daughter in law." Um, they've got three kids and, uh, and a dog, uh, or a cat or something like that. I think they had a dog and a cat. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but anyways, they, they're having trouble because of the, the pets that no one wants to take them and no one wants three kids and they're just looking for a chance. They're just looking for someone to, you know, to, to, to give them an opportunity. And I, and I promise you they're they're really good and they're turning their life around and, um, you know, my son, he was, he was into some bad stuff, but now he's, you know, now he's into, you know, he's into the financial industry and stuff and he's really turned his life around. And, uh, I said, okay, cool. Well, you know, let's, let's meet him and let's get an application in. And, uh, of course we get the application and, and we met them and, and whatever the, you know, they're, they're whatever they are. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want to judge people by how they look. So. Um, seemed like a, they, they brought their one newborn, they had a newborn mm -hmm. and, uh, and they came and they viewed it and they loved it. So we got an application in and of course the credit report was absolutely terrible. Um, collections and such, and they were young too. So, I mean, like, I mean, I know that a lot of people, they were young and dumb when they were 18 and they racked up the credit cards. Well, these guys were like the poster children for that. Um, but you know, like, like, like their mom said, turn their life around. They just need a chance and they don't want to be homeless because, you know, no landlords could take a chance on them. Ob obvious red flags, you know, there's, there's some indicators there, the, the credit, the collections. So they've, they've in the past, they've, they haven't paid, which, you know, it's not to say that it becomes a habit, but, Could um, they're definitely not the type of people that are willing to do whatever it takes in order to pay their bills. They are, they've made, they've missed payments before many payments to the point it got to collections. So, um, it's not, uh, below them. Right. Uh, but what we thought about was, okay, cool. You know, what's, what about the mom? You know, what's, what's the mom's story? And she owned her house and she had a decent job. A, a great job. As, yeah. Yeah. As, as far as I can remember. So what we decided to do was, you know, they seem like nice people and it had been empty for a while. We were getting a little desperate. 
um, which we don't recommend ever letting that happen. We decided to allow them to move in and give them a lease, uh, but we asked that the mom co-sign. And do you want to just maybe describe how co-signing works and why we decided to do that? Yeah, so I think everybody's probably familiar with like co-signing on like loans, like a car loan or a bank loan or whatever, you know, that's kind of more common to see where you'll have a co-signer for, sign for you. I mean, my mom co-signed my first car. Um, so, you know, lots of people are kind of used to it in that context. But, too. <laughs> but you can also um, do it on rental properties. So in this case, you, you know, like it's, it's the exact same when you look at, say, a bank loan or a car loan. Um, they want to see they like they they run your parent or whoever's co-signing you through the same application process. They see, OK, um, what's your credit report look like? What kind of income do you have? What kind of debt do you have? Like all those types of things so that they know if you default that this person can can pick up where you fell off and they can, you know, cover things or they you, they can go after this other person for owed money at the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? And so same thing with a rental property. So in this case, uh, we had her fill out the same application so we can see um, where do you live? Where do you work? What's your situation? In her case, um, she owned her property. So we got the um, mortgage statement showing that she was the mortgage holder on this property. Um, got her credit report. And she went through the same vetting uh, vetting process that we would if she was actually moving in. Yeah. And so in this case, she was excellent on paper. Her credit was excellent. Her job was excellent. Uh, she owned her house. Um, so she would have been the perfect person to step in and take responsibility should her kids shit the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's all it was. So like the the liability was basically off of in our in our perspective, at least. Yeah. Um, on our side, the liability was going to be on the mom if things ever went sideways, because we can actually go after her and and get something. Because the other, the others, I mean, the actual tenants, were, we got to get in line behind everybody else that's waiting for money, right? Yeah. And the tenants are also not as concerned about their credit rating, right? So for tenants to have great great credit and and they want to preserve it. You know, that's the credit, the credit score is valuable to them. But when the credit score is already shit and it doesn't, it's never going to be turned around, it's no longer valuable to them. So they're not concerned about what happens if they go to collections or, you know, if, you know. <laughs> so anyways, we, they moved in and um, again, sweet people. Uh, they had, um, they had a newborn uh, they, they then had another kid, and then one um, child had um, was it autism. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time ago. Um, and so the 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 mom stayed home, and obviously to take care of the newborn and um, the child with autism. And uh, again, like everybody, everything was sweet and everything was great. How how long did, how long did it go okay for? About a month. No, I think longer than that. I think everything was good for a while. Well, we started, I, I think it was you. Um, that was back in the day when we were still checking on tenants on their Facebook profiles, which don't do that either. Well, um, I'll do it. 
Every uh, once in a while. Every <laughs> once in a while, fine, go look them up on Facebook. But I think that you found that uh, she was running a business out of the Yeah, she was running a home York. business, um, hair extensions. She was doing hair extensions out of the property. And um, as you all probably know, maybe some of you don't, and this could be a valuable little tip, is that um, your insurance is different if somebody's running a home business where there's customers coming to your door, coming into your house and getting services. It is a different type of insurance that you need. Um, compared to just somebody living there. And so we, it, it was in our lease, it was, it was spoken about everything that no home businesses are to be run out of the property. Uh, we didn't have the proper insurance policy to cover that, um, nor did they, uh, you know, like them as, as business um, operators should have had different insurance as well, mm -hmm. not just tenant insurance, um, content insurance. So uh, yeah, I found out through creeping Facebook that she was running an extension business. There's pictures all over her her um, business page. Yeah. Like of our house. <laughs> yeah. With her customers in it, getting their hair extensions done. Um, so you reached out to her from what I recall. So this was a this was a first for us too. We'd never had a tenant that um, that was running a business out of the unit. So we um And it's not that you can't. You would just need to have the proper policy and probably charge them more to cover that policy. And they probably didn't know, think that they were doing anything wrong yeah. either. Yeah. It's just, it's, it is what it is. But at that time, we just didn't know. We didn't know, are we liable if, you know, she cuts someone's hair off? Are they going to sue us? <laughs> if they fall on the step on their way out, are they going to, you know what I mean? Those types yeah. of things. So we just didn't know. So we had to reach out to our insurance provider and, and ask and find out what needs to be done and. As far as I remember, we had to let her know that she had to stop. Mm -hmm. So you would have emailed her, right? Yeah, I like that's a blur. I don't recall kind of that process of what happened. Yeah, I, I recall very uh, pieces, but you emailed, let her know. She said no, and then there was a little bit of a back and forth. And then it kind of, like it didn't get resolved, but like I think that we assumed it was done. But if I recall, like it wasn't like it didn't go over very well. And I and we also we would check back from time to time and it seemed like she was still kind of doing it. Um, they they were good, but they were like, I don't know, they were a bit of a pain, but nothing too crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the tenant that was living downstairs, she had just recently dealt with another bad tenant upstairs and that tenant had left and this new couple of family had come in. So the tenant downstairs was, um, I don't know, maybe on her toes, a little on edge, you know, just really paying attention. <laughs> and uh, we got an email from that tenant um, and they said, and they said that uh, as she was walking by the windows, couldn't help but notice there was a ridiculous amount of flies between the window and the curtains. Mm -hmm. And she was concerned about maggots. See, I forgot about that. I forgot that's how it started. And that's how it started. Yeah. Now, I believe that the tenant had missed rent been late a couple times. Like they weren't perfect on rent, the upstairs tenant. Um, but when the downstairs tenant said that there was a ridiculous amount of flies in all of the windows that she could see between mm -hmm. the curtains. So the curtains were closed and then you'd see flies in between the curtain and the window, just all over the place. Um, 
the tenant said that she was concerned about maggots because something, something for that. I can't remember. I did. a little Well, yeah, research. for that amount of, of flies, so, like it's not like they all just like flew in the front door. Like, exactly. So those flies <laughs> they were, were birthed. <laughs> they were, they were created, right? Yeah. So maggots turn into flies as far as I understand. I don't yeah. understand the whole yeah. metamorphosis of, yeah. is that even the right term? <laughs> Hang on just a sec. Let's look up metamorphosis. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that it's uh, metamorphosism. Of, I think. Oh, listeners. <laughs> um, what is the metamorphosis of flies? The house fly has a complete metamorphosis with ex- dis- dis- distinct egg, larva, or magnet, a maggot, pupil, and adult state. Okay. A house uh, fly overwinters in either. Okay, this is not an easy sentence to read. <laughs> okay, so I think I'm right. It's like but, reading legalese. Um, okay, anyways, so we just, uh, after doing a little bit of research on how flies are created, um, we're like, okay, so for that amount of flies, and we don't see any open windows, and there's no open doors, then it must, the flies must have, you know, um, been created from maggots, and I wonder what's going on. So uh, what we did was we, we emailed letting them know that uh, we're going to be coming through for an inspection. Um, so it must have been a few months at least because we hadn't done an inspection in there yet. Well, and also I'm remembering that it was um, spring when all of when everything happened and kind of went down. So mm-hmm. they moved in around Christmas time and it was spring. So it was definitely several months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we emailed them to let them know that we we're going to be coming in for an inspection. Um, we, we would have given at least 24 hours notice, but if, if I can recall, we, we probably gave plenty of time. Yeah, it was, it was more than that because they didn't respond and we actually ended up posting a, uh, 24 hour notice on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we ended up putting the 24 hour notice on the door and then they still never, never responded. responded. Yeah. Um, so I went in on there on a weekend and, uh, knocked and opened up the door and right away there was a there was a kitty litter box that was right in front of me and i mean from what i understand people are really bad with emptying litter boxes um some people yeah from what i understand i've never had a cat but the amount of feces in that box i mean the cat would have had, the, when the cat goes in there, they're not stepping on litter. They're stepping and resting on a pile of, of feces. And as soon as I opened that door, it was just like a huge waft, like a smell, like a horrible smell of whatever was going on in that unit, plus that litter box right there. So I come around the corner and um, instantly there's just shit everywhere. Not, not poo, like stuff. No, stuff. <laughs> stuff. Um, you Justin know, says, I'm trying to eat breakfast here. <laughs> put yeah, it down. <laughs> I put your cornflakes down just for a sec. Um, you know, when you walk into, uh, you know, you know, fruit flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just felt like there were flu- fruit flies crawling around me like crawling on me and just like flying everywhere it felt infested it felt infested i couldn't tell if my eyes were just a little glossy or if like 
if I had just walked into a cabin in the woods and someone left the window open. That's that's what it felt like. Just like fruit flies everywhere. Horrible smell. The table was covered. Um, diapers, food, books. Um, to my left, I saw the little hair extension studio just in the dining area there. Um, and she had it all set up with the chair there. And there was just shit and garbage. So she was bringing people into that. Yeah. So like, I'm like, oh my God, are they seriously getting their hair extensions right here? Is this where it happens? Because it was so bad. (laughs) Right beside the kitty litter. So bad. Like so bad. And so I I, I pulled the curtain back to look, you know, to see these flies. Because when I came up, I saw what she was talking about. The flies in the windows Mm -hmm. before I went in. And it was, yeah. And there were just like a pile of dead flies just sitting on the sill of it, you know, the, the base of the window um, and maggots and just, yeah, I, I think the flies got trapped in there and then just died. And um, I walk around and yeah, into the living room, there's a, there's a dirty mattress in the living room. Um, no sheet on it, uh, stained, stained mattress. Um the living area was just toys and food and crumbs galore. The couch was covered in crumbs. Gabby's just showing me a picture of them. I, she, I just, I found him. <laughs> they seem to be doing well. Um, kitchen. That was where the fruit flies were the worst. That was like, there's just cups of and pop cans. You know, pop cans when you leave like a quarter of the or a half, half, uh, half empty or half full pop can where there's just you know fruit flies everywhere. I I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave and just be done, but I had to like take pictures just in case. Like in my mind, I thought, well, if I leave and then they clean up, how do I have any proof? Yeah. I open up the. Uh, Taylor asks Wayne. I assume the tenants weren't home while you went through the property. Yeah, no one was there. Yeah, no one was there. Um, remind me to talk about that after. Um, so I, I, I go and I open up the closet door where the, uh, where the, the, the washer and dryer are. And, um, so it's kind of like a closet, like it's a narrow closet. You open it up and then at the back, um, it's a stackable washer and dryer. I couldn't see the washer and dryer or at the very least I couldn't see the washer, um, because the clothes were so high that there was a stack of clothes higher than the height of the washer. I could just see where the dryer on the stackable kit started. So I close that up uh, into the, the the first kid's bedroom. Um, absolute disaster. Just toys and diapers all over the floor. Not used diapers, thankfully. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was still pretty bad. <laughs> um, the cat came out and was hissing at me. Uh, into the bathroom, just disgusting. Just, 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 just close your eyes and just imagine what the bathroom looked like. It looked like that. By the way, they, they'd only been here like less than three months, and this happened. Down to the second bedroom, um, that one there was where the crib was, and I, I, yeah, I remembered that they had. It was in that moment I remembered that they had a newborn who was living in that maybe six months. Yeah. So they crawling around and living in this crawling through this filth. Um, 
not to mention the, the child that was four or five that had autism. Which, okay, someone here is about to say, because I got this, I, I heard this when, when all this is going down and I was telling other people and they said, well, you have no idea what it's like to have a child with autism. Okay, just hear me out here. I know, I get it. And I think I could understand if, if it was a little messy, but you had to be there to see this. Yeah. It was, it was absolute filth. And it's one thing to, to be messy and not have time to do laundry and clean up. I get that. We got laundry piles too. All of us do. But this was absolute disgusting. I go into the, the parents' bedroom and there is so many Coke cans and food. Open pizza boxes. Yeah. Open pizza boxes, wrappers. Um, their bed has no sheet on it, covered in stains with a large blanket with a wolf on it. Like just absolute, like it wasn't like a proper comforter or a duvet. It was like a, like a, like a cheap blanket from Walmart and, uh, underneath, uh, underneath the, uh, I look underneath the bed and that's where all the pizza boxes are with pizza still in it and chip bags open. And the cat is hissing at me like it's going to attack me. Bedroom's full of clothes. Bathroom is full of clothes. So there's an ensuite. You could not get into the bathroom because the clothes were in there. It was. So anyways, this is what I walked into. Um, and thank God we did a, an inspection. Remember how yesterday we were saying that <laughs> anyone that says you shouldn't do inspections, tell them where to go. This is why. Because the amount of damage that would have happened had we not checked in on them yeah, and over can, a year yeah you know what i mean i looked into the vents the vents and this was probably the kids the vents were full of food and maggots um french fries chips pizza crust in the vents so they took the lid they took the vent cover off and they put stuff in the vents so i, I felt terrible for the tenants because the tenant probably waited a while before they told us about this right before they, the tenant in the basement. Yeah, yeah. tenant downstairs. Um, but I, I took lots of video and lots of pictures, and I might post actually some of it today in the group, um, share that with you guys just to remind you guys to do inspections. Um, but I ended up calling the tenant after I left and said, you need to call me right away. And normally I wouldn't call because all communications through email, but they were going to hear it. And um, they eventually finally, uh, they didn't call back, they emailed back later in the afternoon. And they emailed us back in a separate thread and said, you have absolutely no right to go into our living space. You didn't give any proper notice. Uh, we just checked the, you know, the art, the Residential Tenancy Act, and you, um, you, you failed to give us proper notice, and we're going to be taking you to court. Didn't address the issue in there at all. Um, but we were in a bit of a, we were in a bit of a pickle there because we, we understood the act and, um, we knew that we knew the, the grounds for termination, but we weren't sure whether cleanliness was a proper or was, was good enough for us to evict someone. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, if anyone walked in there, they would have said, yeah, that's, that's, that's enough for an eviction, but would it hold up and 
in a hearing. And we got a little worried there. So we were, we were afraid that, you know, we go to a hearing and then the dispute officer would say, okay, you guys have seven days to clean it up. And then they would allow them to stay. But just the amount of like, it just the flies and like it needed extermination, right? It needed, it, it needed a lot of work and the amount of like stains and stuff on the floor and on the walls and on the kitchen counters and stuff. There's no way we were going to allow that to happen, like to leave us open to, to the potential that they would be able to, they would be allowed to stay. Um, so what we did instead was we, we sent them an email and said, Hey, um, we're just doing up the eviction notice right now. We don't want you living there anymore. It's quite clear that you don't want to be living there right now or anymore, but we don't want to put you on the street. We know you got kids. We know you have a newborn. You know, we know you got a lot going on. So what we're going to allow you to do is we're going to allow you to break the lease and find a new place. Um, you will need to clean up the unit and it needs to be done by a professional cleaner. Um, there may need to be, you know, a pest control person paid or a company paid to, depending on how the suite's left. But if you can clean this suite up properly, clean out and give them instructions for everything, um, then we will allow you out of your lease and allow you to move on and we won't come after you for anything else. So that was, that we figured that would be our best outcome would be just to get them to leave on, on their own terms and not have to be like pointing our finger saying that like, you're evicted. That process can be a very long process, right? Yeah. Um, the eviction notice, the hearing, weeks and weeks and weeks of waiting. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they might not even leave at that point. Mm -hmm. So we wanted them to want to leave. And we, I wouldn't say that we made it uncomfortable, but we made it clear that we don't want them anymore, that we weren't going to be renewing our lease at the end. So we may as well just end this right now. Otherwise, it's just going to be messy. And, uh, and they agreed. So, um, I'd say about a month later they left. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. It's about a month later they left. And then I had to do the very awkward, um, move out inspection. He showed up, which really pissed me off. Um, cause you can just imagine how incredibly awkward that walkthrough was going to be. Um, yeah, we walked through it. So I actually, I completed the, um, I completed the move on inspection. Yeah, you showed up early. Yeah. And completed it, but then he showed up right on time when it was supposed to be. Yeah. So I showed up early to, to do the move on inspection first and filled out all the fields. Um, sure enough, like, um, it was, sorry, let me just finish what I was saying. I showed up early and then, so when he showed up, I was able to just basically just walk through the house and just say all the things that I pointed out already. And just be like, okay, I already walked through this already. So I'm just going to go through everything that I noted here. You can notice this here. You notice this here. You notice this, right? Um, when I was going through, like I pulled out the fridge, there was still garbage behind the fridge. Like lots. Lots. You have a picture of that from the, from the walkout. And it was like under the fridge was like a little world of like, food and wrappers and <laughs> it just it felt like they took like an like a really high end like leaf blower and just like blew everything out the door <laughs> but like everything behind everything was still there you pull up the vent covers and it was still covered in food um <laughs> like there was there was still like random dead flies like you know be hiding behind things some of the the cabinets or cupboards still had stuff in it 
Um, the fridge was disgusting, but it was just like, it looked good when you walk in there and like the floors were fresh, like, and wet. Like they just took a mop over it, like as they were walking out. So it's like, it's kind of has that, that water sparkle on it. Um, so I walked in, I'm like, wow, how the hell did they do this? And, but then like, when you look behind the curtain, it was like absolutely terrible. Um, anyways, uh, so I walked through it and he was just like stone face staring at me, just giving me every time I said something, he'd just give me like a very slight nod, just like eye contact stone face, like he wanted to kill me. Um, yeah, I went through the whole thing and, um, he didn't agree with any of it. So like every room I went through, he's like, this is clean. And I said, no, look behind here. He goes, I can get that right now. And I'm like, no, you're not going through and cleaning right now. You're already gone. This is the move on inspection. We got to hire. And I said, like, just because you put water on the floor doesn't mean that it's clean. Like, look at the stains. If you look once it dried, like there was just stains everywhere on the floor and stains on the walls. Um, so every room had something. And I'm like, no, we're hiring a professional cleaner. We're going to be getting pest control in here. Um, no, you're no, this is done. You're done. Like this is disgusting. Um, and, uh, so he said he didn't agree with it. So this is actually, um, an interesting, uh, a good tip for you guys that, uh, tenants don't have to agree with your move in or move out inspection, mostly move out inspection. Right? Yeah. There's a section they can sign saying, I do not agree with this inspection and here are the reasons why. Yeah. So you still fill it out as you, as you see it. Yeah, you don't but change it. You don't compromise. You fill it out as it is. There's two options, three options for them. They can sign agreeing. They can um, they can sign saying that they do not agree or they can not sign. Now, if they don't sign, then it's like they're basically just admitting guilt. But if they sign that they do not agree, then if it ever went to a hearing, um, and there was a dispute, then they would have to bring proof of, you know, what they, why they, why they disagree. So he signed that he didn't agree. Um, if I recall, I don't think he paid the last month's rent. There was a little bit of money that was owed. And then we had to hire a uh, pest control and we hired a cleaner. Um, so the cleaner went in and, you know, oh, and a furnace cleaning as well. So the vents to make sure the vents were all cleaned out. Yeah. So I'd say there was probably a thousand to two thousand dollars owing, something along those lines. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't much. It wasn't crazy, but yeah. Um, but I think we decided just to not pursue them just because it would just be a huge pain in the butt. And we were just like, you know what, we're, let's just be done with this. When you have a small amount of money, it, it's not, I mean, like we could have went after the mom for it, but like, we, I, I forgot to mention that like we were already in discussions with the mom because, um, when this is all going down, I, we, we reached out to the mom directly and said, Hey, like your kids haven't paid rent. Look at the disgusting mess that they left in here. Um, so we were already in discussions with her and I, I, I can't remember how we felt at that particular time, but there was a reason why we decided not to proceed with, you know, going after her. And it just seemed like it was better just to be, have them gone. I was also, we had recently been dealing with a previous tenant that, uh, it was still in our, it was still fresh in our minds or, um, a, a previous tenant was, was very confronting and we didn't want these guys coming back and doing anything afterwards. 
And early on in the game, when we were just becoming new landlords, new investors, it was that was kind of one of our insecurities was like, we didn't, we were always concerned, like they know where the house is, they know where our house is, because you have to put your address on the lease, they could always come back and come after us. Early on, that was a big concern for us. We were always just worried that, you know, not that they were going to come and break in the house and attack us, but they would fuck with us. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, I, I remember it was through that process of, or that, that, that thinking of what, was why we didn't pur pursue them. Yeah. Um, but so we lost about, again, somewhere between a thousand to $2,000. Um, but I think it was just better to have them gone. I think that was the best, you know, mm -hmm. thing yeah. that came out of it is that, you know what, we're going to lose a little bit of money, but like, what are the odds that we'll get ever get someone like this again? And and to be honest, we really didn't. No. No one ever. No one ever to that level. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we've had a, a a couple more like crappy kind of situations, but yeah, nothing like that. Very different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I felt terrible for the kids. Yeah. That's what bugged me the most throughout that whole thing was the fact that there was a newborn crawling around and could have easily reached up and grabbed a piece of cat poo or, you know, a couple chips underneath the bed or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that was what really bothered me was that it was just, it was an absolute disgusting mess in there. And, um, it was the, the, the kids. Yeah. I just felt bad for the kids. Yeah. I, I'd like what kind of parents would, would allow their their children to live in that mess yeah and i'd say up until just like maybe a couple of years ago we would um still get mail to that address for mm. them um from child and family services from all sorts of like uh city violations like t like it was just co like it constantly stuff in the mail of you know like reoccurring stuff <laughs> Um, at the risk of being judged, I wouldn't normally say this, but the thought went through my head about calling family and children services. I don't, I. <laughs> you wonder about your moral obligation, like in those kinds of situations, like you feel a responsibility, but at the same time wondering if it's the right thing to do. It's a really weird spot to be in. Being messy is not a sign of being a bad parent. So it's, it's, that's why I just, um. I didn't. Yeah, it was a matter of safety, though. I think is what yeah. was getting to us. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It was. It. It was. It. I. I tried to explain it as as, in as in much detail as I could, but you weren't. You got to be there to see how bad it was, and um, it, the thought crossed my mind. That's for sure. Um, but I, I look back on that. I'm sorry. I know we're a little over an hour, but I'll just wrap this up here. I thought back about what I could have done differently or what I should have done differently. Um, and with every bad tenant or every tenant in general, we always learn something new. We're like Tony Stark. Again, it's just a joke for one or two people that are going to get it. We always learn from our mistakes. I look back on, I look back on that tenant and I, I try and think about like, okay, what could I have done differently or what did we implement afterwards? We, we definitely implemented a couple things, but nothing really specifically because of that. So what could I have done differently? I don't really think anything. I, I, tr I trusted my instincts. 
and I felt like they were good people and they were good people, but you can't tell if someone's messy. Like you could never, there's, there's no form of screening that would ever help you identify that type of problem. Yeah. Well, I remember the the husband saying, um, you know, when once all that stuff was going down, saying that like this isn't this isn't who this isn't a, a clear picture of who we are and that his wife had um, you know, like de- dealing with the autistic kid and like all the, you know, challenges in life ha- was experiencing mm-hmm. some mental health problems and that, you know, this this isn't, you know, how they live and and yada 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 that this is a rough a rough time, a rough patch blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it's, as I was, as I was saying, like, I don't really think that there's anything I could have done differently. We, we did everything we were supposed to do. We were, we were scheduled pretty soon for uh, an inspection, but because of the complaint, we decided to do the inspection sooner. I think we were only a couple of weeks away from doing one. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we would have caught it in a couple of weeks and I don't think it would have really made much of a difference, but, Mm -hmm. Um, all the rent was being paid, you know, we had the right, um, co-signer to ensure that if, you know, rent wasn't paid or something uh, that we weren't able to go after them, we can always go after the parent, and, and that would normally, a parent would normally force the kid, you know, to pay or to, to, to get it, you know, settled because the, the parent doesn't want to go to court for whatever dumb mistake their kid had. So we did everything we, we were supposed to do. Uh, I, could I have handled the removing them differently? No, I'd probably still do the same thing. I'd probably still send them a very strategic email saying like, Hey, it's quite clear. You guys don't want to live here anymore. You know, and we've, we've, you can't run your business. You can't, you know, and, and there's, there seems, seems to be some, um, you guys seem a little hostile and you're not happy with us. We're not happy with you. It's just not in both of our best interests to see this move forward. I think it's best that we both move on with our lives and we're going to allow you out of your lease with no penalty. You know what I mean? I, I still, I, I would probably still use that approach today. Absolutely. So when you think about, when you think about what could I have done differently or, um, or, or, I guess the, it always comes back to the serenity prayer, right? And, and focus on the things that you can control. And I can't control that. There's no, there's no way I could have been able to have, have caught that before they moved in. And I did everything that I could, I was, that I should have done or I could have done. So there's, there's nothing I can change about that. So tenants like that are going to come and go from time to time. You, if you can't, you can't put in it, there's nothing I can do to prevent it. And the only thing that I can do is just handle it the way that I did, then there's nothing I can do to change it. Tenants like that are going to come from time to time. Handle it quickly, properly, legally, get them out and move on. And I know that it may scare some of you. However, it doesn't, it doesn't really scare me. I just know that it's part of the process. It's part of this type of business that from time to time, tenants like that are going to sneak through the cracks and they're going to get in, but they're only going to stay for three months because we do inspections every three months. And had we not done inspections every three months and we never did inspection or we did it in the first, after 12 months when we're renewing their lease, it would have been significantly worse. And there could have been potential that, you know, the, the tenant downstairs could have left too because she was unhappy or didn't feel safe. So not much you can really do to prevent it. So you just kind of just take it for what it is and you, it's just another day of doing business. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
it, it's it's part of landlording. So don't let it bother you too too much. Don't let it scare you. You know things like this do happen, and um, you just deal with it and you move on. Okay. There was no happy ending other than the fact that they left. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are you going to save Chastin's story for tomorrow? Uh, uh, the domestic dispute. Yeah. Yes, I got it saved. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for tomorrow morning. Um, uh, Garrett says, "Moral of the story: Let your wife's intuition screen tenants." <laughs> yeah, it's another one of those tenants that I chose. <laughs> I'd say I told you I, my batting average is bad for picking tenants. Yeah, I'd say like Wayne talks about like could we have done anything differently? And like w once we were in the situation, absolutely not. Like we handled it perfectly, I believe. But um, one thing, you know, moving forward, a lesson learned from that is that, you know, like the, that, that cosigner tactic is fantastic. But would we do it again with a bad credit situation? Probably not. We've used it in the, in, in the years since. You mean like for, a really bad credit? Yeah. We've used it in the years since for okay credit or for young people just starting, you know, starting off on their own for the first time and they don't have credit. Um, we've used cosigners in those situations, but we don't we don't um, entertain like really bad credit situations mm -hmm. anymore, even with a cosigner. So that Too would risky. be yeah. So that would be I think like the the biggest lesson out of that is that you know like usually if somebody is in a situation where they have like absolutely destroyed their credit and that sort of thing, that there's usually probably some other stuff going on, mm -hmm. right? It's not just that they can't seem to figure out how to make their payments. They're probably living a certain type of lifestyle as well. True. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what day is it today? Tuesday. Okay. Well, that means <laughs> that tomorrow's Wednesday. Indeed. All right. We'll see you guys then. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 